0: You're listening to Socks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at Socksinthebasement.com. Well, I said it was going to be a rough month. I said it was going to be just murder, and now we're finding out that it, it, with all the positive energy and everything like that, Dave, it's been murder. Six out of their last eight, they've lost. You split with the you
1: split with the six Yankees. out of our last eight
0: going in the Tuesday night. Okay, okay we split. haven't seen the result. We haven't seen the result of, of the Tuesday night game yet. Right. All report. You,
1: you split the Yankees. You split the Cubs. Fine. It is a shame. It's it's expected, but it is still a shame because with. Any kind of starting rotation
0: whatsoever. Oh, that you'd be a much better team. Yeah, you could have gotten through this stretch 500. You would have been above 500 going into this, and you would have been, you would have gotten through the stretch just going 500 for yeah, tough teams. You're in
1: the discussion right. with any kind of with any with any kind of starting rotation whatsoever. With the lineup that they have, you you are in the discussion. So it's a it's a shame, but we kind of did talk about this last week. Uh, we don't want to dwell on it. You know, it, it, it's going to be very interesting to see what Han does uh, at the trade deadline because it's, it's pretty clear at this point, dude, you need some starting pitching. Right, so. but I,
0: I, here's the thing. I understood even last year why you didn't go out and start signing free agent starting pitching because the problem was when you sign a free agent starting pitcher, the free agent starting pitchers, they want four or five years right off the bat. And they want big money. And the guys that are floating around out there, otherwise you're just getting middling kind of, Guys, and this you're getting
1: you're Ivan getting Novas.
0: This team is, is trying. This team is trying to build something where they have great. They want to be great, and they want to be great for a long time. So it didn't make a lot of sense to go out and make a lot of free agent pitching signings. There were, I mean, you might have been able to get one or two guys on a one or two year deal, and that was something I kept saying. Like, there's guys out there you could that will sign a couple year deal. It's always good to have extra arms. You were right. The belief that Irvin Santana was going to come in and give you anything was ridiculous. The they don't have anything coming out of AAA. But I do have a really interesting stat here because I was trying to figure it out because you're trying to figure out, like, well, what does this team have? And I went and I looked at the Charlotte Knights statistics. Right. Okay? I went to their stats page. Takes Anybody can do this. And you know, sorted it by WHIP because, as far as I'm concerned, that's how you that's how you tell if a pitcher's good or not It's walks and hits per innings pitch. And you just the have to, way.
1: and you have to, dif- and you have to kind of differentiate between your starters and your relievers right. if I, you're doing I, that. Yeah, I know so. you got
0: your FIP, and I know you, some people still are EAR, ERA nuts and everything like that. But but I'm just looking at your at your WHIP. There are a lot of guys that performed well enough in sample sizes in AAA this year that when they got to the majors, couldn't do it. And so it's not like the White Sox haven't had a few guys that look like they were halfway decent. Like here, let's just go through them. We'll start with the guy who just got sent down, Despaigne. Okay, okay. Who you wrote horrible things about in uh, in text to me when he was pitching last? Yeah, why didn't
1: you respond to that? I anyway. was
0: I was out. I was doing something. I wasn't even watching the game. I was like, I'm not watching this. It's going to be bad. I'm going to take a night off from White Sox baseball. I'm the not, one I don't want to make myself angry. The one night you take a night <laughs> off, I'm the <laughs> one that's
1: like, yeah, hey, it's yeah. Saturday night. I'm going to sit and watch make, the
0: game. I don't want to make myself angry. I'm going to find something else to do. That was okay. what my plan was. Okay, All right. All right. Good and, for you. Good no, for no, you. No, like, this is not going to be good. That's how I felt. I'm like, they're in Texas and this joker's bitch. This is not going to go well. So he had a 1.18 whip. Over 11 starts in AAA this year with a (laughs) (laughs) 3.34 earned run average. Yes, he did. Oh, my God. With 11 starts in AAA this year. Dylan Covey, who's hung in there. I know he's injured right now, but he's hung in there. But he hasn't been really good. Dylan Covey's not even a starting pitcher on a good team. No, 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 he's not. He's just a a necessary evil right now. He had a 1.19 whip in his three starts that he had down in AAA this year. Urban Santana had two starts to warm everything up at a 1.27 whip. So he had shown that he was capable of going out and pitching and then went out there and looked absolutely terrible. The guy now that we went out and signed, this shows the desperation as we go out and we get ourselves an old friend, Hector Santiago.
1: Oh, they got, I didn't hear this. They got is is back Hector in Santiago. The, in the system,
0: oh, man. Pitching in AAA. Oh, geez. And I guarantee you we'll be up very, very shortly. Okay, And the reason that Santiago is being brought up is that this year alone, he's had seven starts in AAA, and he's got a 1.28 whip, and he's got a 3.35 earned run average, and he has been a serviceable A type pitcher, and we know him. But that's where we've gotten at this point. The devil you we're, know. We're trying to find arms because we don't have any arms. And anybody who's sitting around saying, why isn't Dylan Cease up yet, there's a reason for it. Dylan Cease is struggling. Yeah, he's not. I saw some stats. He is not. He's not doing so good. They want him to do well before they bring him off. Right, and and this is the thing. Since he's having an off year, I mean, he's got a one point five five whip. That is comparable to the last couple of years. Last year, last year between Winston Salem and Birmingham, he had a one point one two whip and an zero point nine nine whip. But when he got to Triple A. He has become not so good, which is, I'm sure, very concerning to the team. Yes, it and should that be. He has had some good outings. He has had some good outings. But his overall stats throughout this entire thing, he's got a 4.69 earned run average. This is over 13 games that he started. He's 5-2. and two. He has a couple of good games. He'll have a stinker. There's a reason why he's not up here yet. Do they want him to be good? Yes. Do they believe he will be good? Yes. It, it, listen, he's a highly rated prospect on the MLB pipeline list. National people say he's going to be good. This is he, But he's having a bump in the road right now, and it makes no sense this season. In a season where you've already demonstrated you're not trying to make the playoffs, you're still developing and you're treating it as a rebuild year, no matter how much White Sox Twitter wants them to compete. No matter how much somebody watches a game and goes, God, if we just did this and we did this, we would win more games. It's, that's not the purpose of the season. We've talked about this. Right. And, this and even, so- a, and I'm not saying that I agree with that. I would I would want them to just, let's just play. Let's just rotate up guys from AAA. If a guy sucks, dump him and bring up another guy. Other teams do that. If you're good, you're good. And if you're not, you're not. I don't understand the slow play of everything this year, but you're not going to rush up a cease. Okay. And I agree so, with so- that.
1: Here's the thing, and I hate to be <clears throat> I hate to be negative, you know, Dave about this, but you know, I am still of the opinion that whatever year you feel your window is open, okay? Be it either 2020 or 2021, you are still going to need to go and pull the trigger on a guy. You're going to need to go and pull the trigger on a starter. You're going you to need to do, a trade too. You're going to need to do you're going to need to do what the Cubs did and get and get, you know, like how they got Lester, the Astros got Verlander, you know, the the Red Sox pulled a trigger on a trade to get uh, Chris Sale as we all know. You're you're going to have to do it. You're not going to build a World Series caliber starting rotation strictly from within. At some point, Mr. Chairman, you're going to have to open well, the I wallet he, and
0: get a guy. I think he's going to go get a guy. I think Rick Rick Hahn will get a guy. I see. That's the thing we've talked about this before. I think free agency is not the the most optimal way for Rick Hahn to operate within the system True. that's been created by True. his bosses. True. So but, he has but, to make but a trade. It, but, but, you know, but by I mean, one do you, way, but by one time way or the yet. other, the, the guys haven't come available yet for him to go make a move, Dave. So what do you want him to do? It's no, the middle no, no, of no. June. I'm
1: not saying now. I'm not saying do this now. I'm saying look at some point. Be it either this year or next year, whenever you feel your window to compete is now open and time to jump through it, you're you're gonna have to get a guy. Because look, you don't, The the Giolito thing has been amazing, okay. But beyond that, you 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 can't depend on Carlos Rodon to stay healthy for a full year, okay. You don't really know what you have. Well, Ronaldo Lopez is bad, He's okay. Good. You don't really know what you have in uh, Kopech. He's going to be out. He's going to be back next year, but you don't, you don't, I mean, you want him to be good, but you don't necessarily know if he's going to be. And now you're hitting this bump in the road with Dylan Cease, who he just can't seem to figure it out in, in AAA. You're you're, if you're thinking that your, your world series starting rotation was going to be Rodon, Lopez Giolito kopeck and cease
0: that that ain't happening there's a reason why there's always a ton of pitchers high up on prospect lists that never become great pitchers it is very difficult to have a guy work his way through all the levels of the minor leagues get to major league baseball Then figure out how to get through Major League Baseball. Then figure out how to get through when baseball figures you out, because that's what happens. Yes. Okay. They run through all the film and then still be consistent, avoid injury and have years of solid production. The idea that the first five guys on your list, which you just listed off. Okay. That in the organization, we're all going to do that is absurd. The idea, though, is that, like we said before, you want two or three of those. You want two of them to work out. If
1: you get two of those five, right? My number has been one out of every three has right. to work out. So uh,
0: let's say or it really, is going to work hopefully out. Hopefully, you're hoping that two guys come out of that group, okay? And the most realistic two guys I think that have, that are coming out of that group are right now. Giolito and Kopech because I think Kopech's got it he'll be on a pitch count next year coming off of the surgery but I I gotta believe in my heart of hearts that he'll come back a lot of guys come back from Tommy John not always not all do I do think that Cease is going to be something that we're going to be excited about and hopefully he comes up and he's great I don't think Reynaldo Lopez is a is a starter and if he is a starter he's a fifth starter and I, I don't, I'm not hanging my hat on him anymore after watching him pitch. No. Unless they figure out a way to fix whatever's going on with him. And if it is fixable, and I don't know, I'm not a pitching coach. Me as a fan, just sitting there watching, it goes, okay, well, this, this isn't working. So they're going to they're gonna have to go out and get somebody. But my thing is, they can't do it yet. And you're not going to give up Madrigal. And you're not going to give up Robert. Because you're, you're hoping too much on them as well. Okay? So look, 2019 is never going to be the year. And it can't be a year for competition because 2020 is going to be a year where you're going to compete for a playoff spot. You're going to hope these pitchers do well, but some of them are going to be on pitch counts for the year because Cecil have his first year in the majors, you would think. And you got a guy coming off of surgery. Rodon's out. Rodon's going to come back like later on. Yeah. I mean, look, there's going to be. So you're going to. I would think you go out and get a pitcher, though, this year. I, I keep saying it. Before the trade deadline, go get a pitcher. I'm still of the ilk that Zach Ranky's going to have enough in the tank that he can give you a couple of years of just solid veteran. You could probably get him for very little in terms of trading because of his age, and you could probably grab onto a guy like that. I'd be okay with somebody like that. There, I'm sure there's plenty of candidates that we can go through that are going to pop up, but until teams are basically like we're done for the year and we're willing to move on from this guy – You can't go get anybody. No,
1: I I would go get
0: somebody. I'd be a buyer in a trade deadline. If I could go get a guy that could be around for a couple of years, because your window is really just opening in 2020 and then really opens in 2020. I
1: want to just state that I am not, you know, uh, like I'm not Mr. Meatball saying, go out and get a guy. Now that that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying eventually you're, you're going to have to do this. And we have seen the, uh, you know, we have seen the chairman have a complete uh, the resistance to signing starting pitching yeah, but in a
0: trade I think he would
1: do it I know th- but would you yeah but even a trade for a guy like so what do you trade for a guy that you can you, you have only maybe a couple of years with or yeah. are you trading for a guy that's got you know that you're going to have to invest in long term
0: I mean I don't you know either I just, way either way you're going to do it I don't think anybody's coming up on the market that's going to have a five-year deal. If somebody signs somebody that long-term, that you're not going to find somebody that's really good that's on a five-year deal that somebody's going to trade. See what I'm saying? So any kind of guy that you're going to go pick up is going to be a couple of years, and then you have the option of moving on from them or not. Han doesn't have to sell long-term to Jerry Reinsdorf if he makes a deal like that. Okay. He just has to sell Jerry Reinsdorf when it's time to resign the guy. And at that point, you hope that you have the kind of results that it's like, we're winning, people are in the stadium. I mean, look, attendance is up something like 40% right now. People are showing up because the team is doing well. We've talked about the model that shows that the White Sox make more money when the team is good. So he's gone through these lean years. If you continue to bring in people, his wallet will open up. I don't think he's as stingy. He's not Bill Wurtz. He's annoying, <laughs> but he's not Bill Words.
1: Socks in the basement.
0: Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Dave, just a quick mention. You've heard their commercials before. They advertise a lot here on Socks in the Basement right at the beginning of the show normally. Cool Clouds is a vapor shop. It's got three different locations on the south side. Their Evergreen Park location is... At 3837 West 95th Street is having their five-year anniversary this Sunday, the 30th of June. Starts at 3, goes till 8. They got food. I I believe they're doing a taco bar. Raffles, deals all week long. And uh, during the party, possibility of a few libations. If you like to go to different vapor shops and you have never experienced cool clouds, uh, this is the week to do it. And uh, I'm going to stop out there. I've been invited. I'm going to get up there. I'll be there at some point between 3 and 8 on Sunday. Might bring out the recorder. Might talk a little White Sox baseball with the crowd. That's this Sunday the 30th at Cool Clouds 3837 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park. Piss somebody off on Twitter. And Imagine I that. You pissed somebody well, off. Imagine I that, I thought Chris. it was weird to piss the person off, and I'm not going to call it the person by name because there's somebody that we've had on the, on the show before once, okay? It's a one-time guest that we've had on the show before from another publication. And... I'm not in the business of sitting around because who knows maybe they just I think Twitter's stupid. We're on Twitter and we tweet things, but it's hard to give your opinion on Twitter because there's always somebody who wants to jump on it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, right. So I'm watching the game Giolito against the Cubs on Wednesday. It's my 15 year anniversary. That's that's hey that's first of all happy anniversary. Thank hey. You. Hey, it's Giolito day on she your was anniversary. It's day on my anniversary. I was pretty pumped. And my wife when I was asking her where do you want to go? She picks this place that's up in the neighborhood here in Evergreen Park called Unidad. It's a Latin kitchen type thing. Okay. They got a really nice bar in it where I could just kind of set everything up. And they got a couple of TVs. Really good food. This is one of my spots. You
1: have sung so, the praises of Unidad yeah, on, on I'm your a other podcasts multiple of guys, okay? times. Okay. They're not yeah. even
0: advertising on this show. They advertise on another one, but I just, I, I can't help myself when I talk about them. I love them. So I'm sitting there and they got a couple of flash screens behind the bar. I'm having myself a, some kind of margarita drink that's and, and, I'm, and i'm watching the game and she was so nice that she was like i'll go there and we'll sit at the bar so you can watch giolito day that's why we're married for 15 years so i'm sitting there and i'm watching this horrible first inning that lucas Giolito's having and i can't i don't have sound on so i'm just watching body language his body language in particular okay and i write on the socks in the basement podcast twitter account at socks in the basement Giolito is pressing. The next step for him is dealing with big moments. The response that I got back was, what was the Yankees game or in Houston? I disagree with the statement. Sometimes you just don't have it and that's that. See how he bounces back. If you want to defend a player, that's great. But us playing the Yankees or playing Houston is not the same as being in Wrigley, where the fan base is chanting back and forth at each other nonstop for nine innings. Oh, it's like a soccer game. You can't, you can't compare any other atmosphere to that atmosphere. I was watching video of it the next later on on my phone. You can hear fans chanting. The night before, you can hear fans chanting at each other. Every hit, half the crowd goes nuts and the other half of the crowd is a disaster because <laughs> things are going bad. Right. Every moment means something. The night before, Eloy... Hits that home run. They, the the Cubs, Cubs fans are so on edge. The Cubs came out in that game. Finally woke up because they were not taking the White Sox very seriously. They said in the press, we don't even know who we're playing. But man, they had egg on their face after that game. And they had to sit through all those interviews with people going, man, it really stinks that he's not on your team. Yeah. You know how much that aggravated them? They came out ready to go. So you have a team more motivated, in my opinion, than any other team to win on a given night against the White Sox this year, I would make the argument that this is the most hyped-up team intending to win a game that the White Sox have encountered this season because it is only mid-June.
1: I mean, the players downplay the rivalry, oh, but we that know... it yeah, mattered that night. Ma- it no, mattered yeah, it that night. It was obvious it to
0: me to that night. It mattered to them after they had to listen to the whole Lloyd thing. And then you have the crowd... Go White Sox. Go Cubs! Sox suck, suck. Cubs suck. You suck. Let's fight. I mean, it's, it's a madhouse in there. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It's an absolute madhouse in there. So please don't tell me that the Yankees game or the Houston game comes anywhere close to that kind of a situation. I felt that that moment was like would be akin to a playoff game. It's the closest thing Lucas Giolito has been to to a playoff game until he gets into a playoff game, which will be a little bit even more exciting. You see what I'm saying? What I'm trying to point out is that this is a much bigger moment. With a team gunning for you, people have been sitting around talking about whether or not you should be the starter in the All-Star game over Justin Verlander in the press. (laughs) Even even morons like us sitting at my nine-foot homemade oak bar in my basement on the south side. Two buddies living across the street from each other. Right. Who, at the beginning of the year, were like, gee, Alito, man, he'll be lucky if he's the fifth starter. We're singing his praises. Okay? I don't know if he listens to us or not, but everybody... He's changed everybody in the city's mind against him. It's whether or not he's going to be starting the all-star game. He's in that situation. He's playing the Cubs at this hyped up moment. Don't tell me this is a, is, is on the same level as the Yankees or the Astros game. This was the biggest game he's ever pitched in. If you don't agree with me, you're an idiot. I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) Like you're, you're just not grasping the totality of the situation or, you know, the guy, which is quite possible, you like the guy. And you saw somebody say something about him that may be not 100% nice to the guy when I said it. He wasn't meant to be mean to him. I think he'll deal with it. But I think every pitcher or every player has to run into situations no, that a they've same. never run into before and fail at those situations so they can do better at them. That's what I'm saying there. I'm saying you're going to get to a situation like that and you're going to fail it. That's why teams don't normally go from 65 wins to to 100 the next year with the same group of guys because there is a progression getting through those moments.
1: Well, I'm glad you touched on that because as you were, you know, ranting for the past five minutes there, you know, that's what I was thinking. I mean, to say that he's pressing – I mean, you're not, first of all, you're not, it's not an insult to the guy. I mean, you're not telling him he sucks. It's just, you're telling him like, here's a guy in a high pressure moment and he's, he's feeling it a little bit. And you're right. I was just going to say before you already did, that is a natural thing to have happen. That is a part, that is part of the growing process that you're seeing with, with, with all of these, these guys, hitters and pitchers alike. And you're going to see that some of these guys they go through these things. Some of these guys relish those moments. I mean, you want to talk about a guy who... You could who, relish like,
0: them, but there are guys that even in the first time to, that they dealt with something like right. that, they they may have stumbled and then they come back and they but, do something But amazing. you want
1: to talk about a guy who is just, you know, loves the big stage, the big moment. Dude, Eloy Jimenez, it, it seems like just watching this guy play,
0: he lives for those moments. Yes, but... But his first home always... series, his first home series, he had nothing but the jitters, right? Right. The first time that he dealt with it, he still had to get over the hump. They're all his home beings. runs, all
1: his home runs were on the road, dude. All of his, all of his home runs, like his first eight home runs, were on the road. We were sitting here: Is this guy going to hit a home right. run in USL
0: or or what? And if I sat there and said that, at excuse the me, a guaranteed of the, rate. And if I sat there at the beginning and I said what I, that he's having a hard time with this and he needs to be better, it's not me disparaging Aloy Jimenez that okay no. it's just saying this it's is part making, of his progression you're making an observation just like you go from single a to double a you go from triple a to the majors and then all of a sudden you're in the majors and you go from moment to an even more intense moment to a more intense moment to a situation you've never dealt with that's what this is lucas giolito had his first taste of the most intense thing that he has dealt with in major league baseball i dare you to find me something that he has done in major league baseball that was more intense than that game as a whole that was his first taste and he pressed a little bit, and please don't tell me that he's the one guy in the world that's incapable of pressing because after the next game that he pitches, Lucas Giolito is asked if he's being too hard on himself or asked, I, I, I'm, I'm going to listen to it again as we listen to it, but he's basically asked why he's upset with his game. You said you said unacceptable. That's, that's a little harsh on yourself. Um, I mean, the outing as a whole is, is fine, but the, just at the end there, the sixth inning,
1: um. You know, just trying too hard uh, instead of uh, instead of just you know trusting and
0: just trying too hard, right? Otherwise known as pressing, pressing. Yeah. Okay. So please don't tell me that Lucas Giolito is incapable of pressing. He's had a spectacular year. He's going to the All Star game. He is a good pitcher, and I still believe that he is an ace. The man is still capable of pressing. And right, he's a young dude, and I he's, mean, he's just he's, learning. Yeah. So I'm sorry. He shouldn't take offense to me saying he's pressing. He knows he's pressing, so he doesn't need somebody on Twitter to come and defend him. Lucas knows he's pressing. That's what I'm saying. Right. Lucas knows he's pressing. So, I mean, like I said, and I wanted to be able to yell about that without having to say who it was that I was annoyed with because it was like, I'm sitting there on my anniversary. I'm like four margaritas in. And that kind of spoiled my mood for all of about two minutes. Then my wife's like, put down your phone because you're getting angry. And I had to watch the rest of the game without Twitter. Like, I just, (laughs) you know what? Oh, God forbid. Put your phone down and watch the game. It's our anniversary. And I had to apologize because I was totally. if she didn't mind, I was checking it and we were talking. I was checking it. We were talking. We got to that. I got so aggravated by that. And then she was like, you have to put your phone down. It's our anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) And here's the other thing. The last two games have been bad. Okay. And anybody who sits there and says, well, that was a good effort against Boston. I believe that if you don't have a quality start, it's a bad game. Okay. Quality start for anybody that doesn't understand it is six innings completed with three or less earned runs. Now, if you go six innings and give up three earned runs, you had a 4.50 earned run average for the game. See what I'm saying? There are guys who give quality starts who are only good enough to be fifth starters you're not happy with the start. Three runs over, over six innings you're not, you're not killing it out there. That's, that's a pretty good barometer. So if you don't get a quality start, I'm not happy with your start. He should be happy with his start. He wasn't happy with his start in his post-game comments. So he's had now two very rough games, and he needs to now get through this hump. It's another part of the learning curve. It's the reason why, again, no matter what you go and do, even Lucas Giolito having the season he's having is going to have his peaks and valleys you're going to run into very tough competition. This is not a video game. And I think White Sox fans that are so angry that, oh, if we only had this and we only had this, we would make it to the wild card. There, There is absolutely no guarantee of that. You can't do anything that shoots yourself in the foot going forward in the 2020 and 2021. Are you or someone you know looking to learn how to play a musical instrument this year? Then you should be checking out Westgate Music School, 6527 West 127th Street in Palos Heights. Private music lessons for all instruments, including guitar, piano, drums, voice, bass guitar, violin, banjo, ukulele, and more. Are you a vocalist? Are you ready to play a musical instrument and looking to join a group? Westgate Music School offers group classes for rock band, acapella vocal, and barbershop quartet. Students of all ages and ability levels will have the opportunity to perform three times a year in a student concert. Gift certificates for Westgate are also available. More information, call 708-586-7002 or go to westgatemusicschool.com.
1: Now, the the Cubs thing, The, uh, the game against the Cubs, I... I was working. I was unfortunately not able to watch it. I know you did, so you can maybe. Speak well, to it was the biggest game
0: of Lucas Giolito's career to date. Wasn't it more of just? I sound like um, Dave was Kaplan. It, wasn't it more? Oh God, <laughs> I sound like the White Sox version just don't, of Dave Kaplan. Just don't, just don't wear, just
1: don't please, God, don't wear those socks he wears.
0: No, <laughs> next um, thing you know is I'm going to be saying ridiculous things like Javi Baez is the most popular guy in Chicago sports, oh, and man. then and then mocking people who disagree with me when they you say, know, "What about Khalil Mack? <laughs> Mitch, Mitch Trubisky, Jonathan. I mean, there's this guy. There's this guy. James Kane. Yeah, there's like, this guy in
1: the in on Madison. His name's Patrick Kane. How, how, how about
0: Anthony Rizzo on his own team? Come on, I, kids like hobby Baez. I like hobby Baez. I'm gonna say it. Javi Baez play some ball. I wish I had Javi Absolutely. Baez in a White Sox uniform. Absolutely. There were a few years ago when people were talking about, can we get Javi Baez? And I remember White Sox fans that they're saying, what do we want that stick to come for? I would have made a trade in a heartbeat to get so, him.
1: So I had a question though, going back to this. I, I didn't get a chance to see it, but I did read the box score after it, it. I got the impression that it was more just a bad inning for Lucas than it was a bad game overall. Or, well, no. or do you disagree?
0: It was a bad inning. I'll agree with that. It was a bad inning and he had bad... Bad umpiring. See, see what I'm saying? See, that part I didn't the see. The ump was squeezing him and giving a very different strike zone to John Lester. John Lester, what was happening in that game is something that I think happens in baseball a lot. And we've talked about the score scorecasting, and we've talked about how umpires can be influenced a little bit. It's a great read. It's something to go out and get. I'm, I, I really got to keep a copy here so I can just find these things and quote them when we're talking about right, it. Right, but where you're going okay. with this is you're thinking that, I'm that, that you're
1: th- thinking that because it was game two, the Sox had already won game one, you know, the umps are more no, no, aligned to, to... No, no. you're not I think what that. happened
0: was is you had an umpire that gives far more respect to the veteran pitcher that has been oh, vet, great over his entire career. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, okay? gotcha. And not as much a respect to Lucas Giolito in that situation. And and is he influenced a little bit by the crowd? It's possible. But, you know, this this again goes back to the argument, do you want robot umps or not? And the way the umpires have been acting lately, you watch, it's coming. Because I can't wait for it. I cannot wait for it. Even though the older generation doesn't want them, eventually the younger generation will have a louder voice. And these umpires, I mean, mean, they, they sit there and they write ridiculous things on Twitter like they're being assaulted when I see umpires grab players' arms, and Tim Anderson was manhandled by Joe West in that thing with Kansas City, and I Anderson remember. wasn't even doing anything. I remember. I've seen, I've seen guys take off their mask and poke players in the chest and everything like that, and then they're on Twitter saying because Manny Machado threw his bat away from an umpire in anger that it was scary and violent. Like, like, so I don't want to get on the umpire thing. Well, Let's, go back no. to this. Let's go back to the point I want to make. He got squeezed by an umpire. The pitch, he wasn't getting the strike zone. He had to throw basically through, you know, he had to throw a thread through a needle, uh, uh, the eye of a needle. He had a very, uh, so that also adds to it. That adds to it. And then you start to become more perfect and it probably adds to the pressing. I, I, there are many, many factors as to why he had a rough inning. And then he settled down and he pitched fairly well for the rest of the game, but he had a very rough first inning that could have been a lot worse. <laughs> right. if he didn't okay. run, to, if he doesn't run in the John Lester, with two outs and men on, and he's able to just basically strike out John Lester, which was funny because, like, I think right after that, the White Sox have an inning and they get to Giolito, and it ruins the fact the White Sox had a chance to score a run because anybody else up there probably would have been able to get the run in. And somebody's like, I hate having pitchers batting in baseball games. And I was like, we'd probably be down by 10 at this point if we didn't run into Lester the first Right. Inning.
1: Another show isn't wrapped up, another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up And then by the. Looks, it is gonna be a Good one And we will See You Next Week And the nudist, basement and the nudist basement. Another show is Wrapped up Another show is Wrapped up Another show is Wrapped up And. It's in the books
0: Another show is Wrapped up Another show Is wrapped up And. By the. Looks it's gonna be a good one. Noodles basement. Broadcast basement. The
1: basement. The broad basement. Slancha. That was like Dropkick Murphy's or something, right? <laughs> I felt like it.
0: I'm waiting for the first article from a White Sox beat reporter pumping John Jay up to the fans. Oh, it's coming. It's coming, The dude. influence he's had on the locker room, what he's, what he, what he brings, how much Ricky likes him, how fans, how he wants to prove the fans that it, w- that he's not just here because he's Manny Machado's friend. It's coming, right? It's, it's going coming. to be coming. And I know and who's it's gonna, coming. Listen, it's coming, and, it's coming and I ex- know, like and I know, sources. I know exactly
1: who's going to write or it. Garfine, or Garfine,
0: which one's doing it? Oh, dude, it's I. I don't want to say.
1: You're gonna, you're gonna put my. It's dude. It's gonna be Garfine. Garfine does it. Right? It's gonna be Garfine.
0: It's, maybe even on a podcast.
1: Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere. A podcast can be found and always on socksinthebasement.com.